Ladies and gentlemen, hello, hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Sherm in the Booth. Ooh, ooh. My name is Sherm. You guys are some true Chicagoans for coming out in January. It's snowing outside, it's freezing, and you're at the f***ing club at 1 a.m. Boys with the bass, yeah, boys, boys, bass. Who am I talking to right now? You're famous. <laughs> free food, free drinks, music. Girls, let's go. Do you like it? Cool. If you don't, goodbye. <laughs> I'm missing the most important part. Boys in the face, yes. We should throw like a crazy like bar mitzvah party. This, this is crazy. Send me stems. I finished it. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? How is everyone doing? Just wait, you know it kicks in like three to five seconds afterward. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, yo, what's good, everyone? And welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherman the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherman. Today is Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022, and this is episode 198. Holy sheesh, we are creeping up on the big two hundo, and you already know we are going to keep building it up big with an amazing interview. Episode 198 features the incredibly talented DJ, producer, label head, and event curator, Baby J. Now, you might have heard of Jordan from some of his other projects like Cyber Rodeo and Manix or his incredible label, Pop Gang Records. But if you haven't, well, you are in for a treat. In episode 198, we got it all in and started by talking about his journey into music. Born and raised north of San Francisco, Baby J always had a passion for music. Like most young rebels, Jordan's first love was punk and rock, but once he heard Daft Punk's discovery, everything changed. Eventually, he pursued a career in the industry and started making music, DJing, and throwing events. Today, he's involved in multiple projects spreading across dance music genres like house, breaks, techno, disco, melodic, and more. The man was born to do this. Now, of course, he talked about the Baby J discography. Now, although he just started releasing music in 2021 under this moniker, he's been in the game for over 10 years. We touched on some of his tracks with other groups like Manix while covering his solo releases as well. To say he's insanely creative would still be underplaying it. Just listen to his track Crack That Whip with Cyber Rodeo, another one of his monikers, or Syntax Error with 35mm. I guarantee your jaw will drop. This guy's got true talent. Now, if you guys checked out the Honey Love and Mary Droppins interview, you would have heard us discuss Pop Gang Records. Now, this is so much more than a label. It's a family that welcomes producers of any genre into their home. Events, merchandise, good music, and community building are all major pillars of what Baby J and the crew are building. The more record labels like Pop Gang in the game, the better. I love what they're doing. No surprises here, Baby J is the man and I absolutely loved our conversation. He's someone who is in it for all the right reasons and truly wears his heart on his sleeve. Mad love and respect to Jordan and the Pop Gang crew. And let me say, I can't wait to party with this crew. But you know what, let's get into it right now so you guys can hear his story for yourselves. This is episode 198 with Baby J. Ladies and gentlemen, what the fuck is good? I am so pumped to be here right now with my man, Baby J. What is up, Jordan? How the hell are you, my man? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. It is such a pleasure to connect with you. You are someone who's come up on the podcast a lot in the past and definitely most recently through Honey Love and Mary Droppins. And uh, man, it is just a pleasure to connect with you, bro. You're an absolute legend if you didn't already know that. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hold on. I'm sorry. Just moving this uh, 
Zoom notification off my screen. All right, we're good. You're Sorry good. Yeah. Sorry yeah about get that. that off there. We you know what? <laughs> we maybe should have let the peer, people experience that very loud ringtone earlier. <laughs> oh my god. That was that was something else. Yeah, that was literally people like he he was like, "Oh shit, somebody's calling me." And I could feel the <laughs> vibration through my computer in my chair here. And we said, <laughs> "Next iPhone, if somebody really needs to get a hold of you, it's going to shock vibrate you and you're going to be like, right. oh, "God yeah. damn it. I know who it is." Comes with a louder tone. It comes with more bass. <laughs> comes with more bass. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Oh, man, dude, seriously, though, I'm so excited to talk to you. It was a pleasure running through your discography. Um, really, everything that you've been involved into, to me, uh, you're a huge influence on the dance music community, not just because of the music that you make, but the events you throw, the merchandise that you create, and most importantly, the artists that you support. And I know you've been in the game for a while, so we've got a lot to talk about today. Oh, yeah, let's get into it. Absolutely, bro. So before we even really get into your story, though, the name Baby J, so sick. Where did that name come from? Is that like a like a like a nickname from when you were young? Yeah, it's super simple. Yeah, I'm just the baby of my family. Ah. So I'm the youngest of four, and that was just kind of like a nickname that just kind of rode in with me. So, baby J, how, how many uh, you have? Uh, three older siblings, then? Yeah, so I have uh, one older brother and two older sisters. One older brother and two older sisters. What's that dynamic like? Um, it's good. I love them all. I mean, in general, pretty tight with like most of my family. Mm -hmm. um the dynamics good being the baby is yeah. uh you know i guess i don't really know any other way <laughs> <laughs> and the sisters are the oldest uh my my older brother's the oldest and then okay. i have um the two sisters sisters are sandwiched then right sandwiched that's dude i only have one younger brother and i'm the oldest and even in a, uh, that sort of dynamic it's like there are so many similarities and differences when you're growing up and you talk to other people who are the youngest or the oldest or in the middle. And I think that's one thing I wish people would unite on a little bit more. It's things that we talk about, but <laughs> we all have that in common. Where you're placed in the, in the, in the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> it's true. We experience the family dynamic in similar, but uh, different ways. And I, I love that, man. That's cool though. So where are you guys, where are you guys from then? Um, so I am originally from Sonora, California. Okay. It's in Northern California in the foothills, about three hours northeast of the Bay Area, close okay. to San Francisco. Okay, cool. So NorCal? Yeah, so that was where I grew up until um, I was about 20, and then I moved to San Francisco. And um, then I was in San Francisco until 2000. 20 and then i moved down to los angeles wow okay which is where we are now so cali boy though for sure for sure love it here that's awesome dude i fucking love san francisco that is such a great city were you were you in like san francisco proper like in oakland or where did you live um yeah i was at the last i was in san francisco i was living um living on lower Heat. wow and so and then chris uh my business partner from pop gang he lived over um Super close to my crib over at Alma Square. Yeah. So we were like pretty close. Yeah. Great music scene in San Francisco too. Yeah, absolutely. I've yeah. Uh, interviewed uh, Kalina Zanders, who's from um, San Jose, uh, Alex Amaro, who's from Oakland. And uh, they all told me about like the rave scene back in the day too and how huge yeah. it was. I mean, you know, when you think of California, everybody thinks of LA, you've heard of San Francisco, but like 
there's a big, big amount of people there. Like I mentioned, San Jose, Oakland, San Francisco, like the whole community there. Yeah. That's you, amazing. Yeah. Especially, and, and, you know, and especially down here too, it's just like so connected to LA. Um, the transition was like super easy because there was so many homies that I met in San Francisco or people that, um, you know, were doing stuff down here or came down a little bit before Chris and I did. Um, and, you know, namely, you know, one of our homies, uh, Johnny Rios, who's been able to connect us with a bunch of stuff in the Los Angeles music scene from yeah. you know, venues, other artists to work with, all kinds of stuff. That's great, man. That's great. But uh, I guess before we, we go into like when you got into music, you were growing up there. You lived in San Francisco. When did dance music come into your life then? Um, dance music came into my life when I was in like, I guess like probably like eighth grade. Oh, okay. I had Actually. been really, really into, you know, I had been really into like a lot of like hardcore and punk and new metal and pop punk. And then, um, yeah. and then I got, uh, it's so weird. The Avenue of this, I got, <laughs> a, I got a Rob Zombie remix record on vinyl. Cause I had just gotten turntables and I really wanted to learn how to teach it. <laughs> And then, but then, but then, but then, um, but then one of my, um, and then like, uh, like one of my older homies put me on to um, Discovery by Daft Punk and then that just yeah. like changed everything. Oh, and then wow. that, you know, segued into um, Ed Banger Records and Bloghouse. And, you know, that was like the first thing that like really, really, really sucked me in. And um, I didn't have my first electronic music project you know, I was playing in bands since I was a teenager and then I ended up, uh, you know, around like 16 or so. And then when I was about 18, 19, um, uh, a friend of mine started teaching me how to use Ableton. Mm. And then I had my, my first dance project. Wow. Um, Lots to unpack there. You got, <laughs> you got hardcore roots. Fun. You obviously had friends that were DJs and producers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Older friends that were like DJing and throwing parties and, you know, kind of more like housey stuff. And then there was like some dubstep guys. Mm -hmm. um, of course. What year was that then? So that was, I guess, when I started really getting into that, I guess that was 2008. 2007, 2008 was kind of like when that started like, actually formulating or like enough for me to like start performing shows of the, the electronic music that I was making. Yeah, of course. Do you remember your first track that you made? Is it, is it out in the ethos by chance? Um, yeah, I can send it to you. The first track that yeah. I, well, it's okay. The first track that I like released, um, <laughs> I was working on tons of electronic music. Um, yeah. there was, uh, I mean, honestly, like a ton of, uh, <laughs> A ton of my first tracks were actually pre-DAW and they were made on this. Wow. <laughs> very, very simple. So the, the Dr. Sample actually has like a pretty good sequencer in it. Yeah. And you can make loop-based tracks. Very simple. Pretty much most of these tracks were like one to two minute, um, you know, like really simple beats, very experimental yeah. classical samples with like big drums on it. Um, yeah. Just like whatever I could loop, you know? 
And yeah. that was kind of like the first, uh, those were like the first tracks. But the first track that I actually ended up releasing to SoundCloud was a track called Sweat by a project that I had with my friend Forrest Stanley. Um, we had a, a duo together called Lerve. And awesome. it was um, it was very, very, very blog house. Mm-hmm. We had just learned about sidechain compression. <laughs> I remember that too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we, so we, we, we popped out like a little banger and then, um, and then, um, you know, various other tra- projects between that and then leading up to Mannix in 2010 was when Chris and I started working on that. Yeah, of course. Amazing. Well, it, it sounds like at first, certainly, I mean, you were hooked just because you could have so much fun with creating sounds. 100%. Yeah. No, I'm still to this day, like still so hooked. You know, I try, I try to make it a point to like work on music at least almost every day, you know, just um, since primarily, you know, a lot of times, like when I've been sitting at the computer, I'm like working on graphic design nearly every day, um, whether it's for freelance clients, um, other musicians, merch, or just things for popping cyber radio or Mannix. But I always have, you know, Ableton's always open in the background. So I can <laughs> <laughs> distract myself. Yeah. And, you know, um, get back to get back to work. But um, wow. but yeah, no, absolutely infatuated with it. Can't stop. Me too. Me too. And, and and for the most part, I mean, it seems like you're a big collaborator, have had a lot of collaborations, are in duos. I yeah. I get that thrill and energy from working with people too and i know it's it's interesting. there are people that like i can only work by myself you know but it sounds like yeah. the opposite yeah no i love collaboration i love getting like you know and every time you know you collaborate with new artists you 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 get something completely different mm-hmm. out of both the artists and the other thing that i really like about it is i feel like every time i work with another artist I learned so much more about the way that they use Ableton or the way that they're, you know, recording process or songwriting process. It's like, it's, it's always, you know, I'm always learning something from whoever I'm working with, even if it's, you know, someone, you know, that isn't necessarily totally there with production or I'm kind of driving the ship more or or whatnot. There's still always so much to learn with whoever you're working with. And that collaboration is, you know, keeps it, keeps it fun, keeps it exciting. Mm -hmm. Oh, I completely agree. And I know exactly what you mean, like on many levels. I mean, we all see the world through our own eyes. And we all also hear sounds through our own ears. And I don't know, sometimes I feel like that's that's what music is. It's like, it's something that you can't see. So it's something that like, not all people can understand in the same way. Like when I collaborate with one of my buddies, who's traditionally a bass house artist, and you know, I'm more of like a deep house uh you know just traditional house and yeah. we make these like crazy tech house tracks and it's like we don't know what's coming out of each other right but it's like we sit down and we're like oh yeah and then another time we're like oh we've never done that before right and he's like i just watched this video and i'm like well i just learned this from this guy too so it's like this incredible fusion and that's why i just i love it yeah it's 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 non-stop it's it's an ever-growing process that's amazing that's awesome so 2010 manic started and you guys like i mean this this project has had a lot of success had a lot of success is still having success but it's had a long journey was manix the first thing that you felt like you were taking really seriously yeah manix was like the first project that um you know chris and i kind of like dove really fully into all the way Mm -hmm. um 
I was playing um, with some dude, with some friends in Oakland. We had like a like kind of like a punky broad rocky band, um, and everyone in that that project was like kind of starting off on their separate ventures. And you know, Mannix was the thing that kind of like pulled me all the way out from everything and just became mm. like my main focus. Yeah. Um, because you know, we started becoming super active with the shows, remixes coming in, um, you know, figuring out what we wanted to do with our sound. And, um, but yeah, it started in 2010, probably like summer 2010. We, um, we did a remix for, uh, this record label called Temple Music Group. They own a nightclub in San Francisco and, um, they, uh, Chris was working there at the time. And then we got hit up to do a remix for one of their releases on the record label. So the first track that ever came out was a remix for this guy named Jazz Who, who's like a longtime homie, amazing dude. Yeah. Um, and um, so that was like the, that was like the start. The first Manic track was a remix for someone else. <laughs> Sometimes it happens like that, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it pushed us in the push it pushed us in the right direction to like actually just like start doing it and you know realize we're like oh holy shit like original tracks is really like what's up you know you really need that as a dj like djing's fun but being able to play your own music out and um you know having people excited to hear your music when they hear when they come to see you play is you know still always and forever one of the most exciting things absolutely and that was a really interesting time 2010 2011 in, in dance music in, in general you know, yeah. right before sort of the, the Swedish boom of Avicii and Swedish House Mafia, but like, <laughs> in, in, I mean, yeah. but in, in the U.S. and like, I talk about all the time, like you mentioned SoundCloud, Dude, there are guys that used to go on world tour because of SoundCloud mashups and remixes, right? Like, Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. So I, I commend you for staying true to your sound during that time when it was really easy to I don't want to say take a shortcut because like it still was kind of creative in its own way, but yeah. clearly you and Chris had a strong connection and it was, a, you know, based around the love of original music creation. Totally. And like, we've kind of, we've, we've stayed pretty true to our sound. I mean, even from, you know, if you listen to our, you know, our newest record that we just released pastel palace and, you know, go back to even like yeah. our, um, you know, early releases um, that, you know, we've always kind of, we've, Stayed true to keeping it like um, a cross between something that we can DJ, but yeah. also creating pop songs within that so that you can, you know, yeah. you can listen to it at home, but you can also play it on the dance floor. And, um, you know, we've stayed true to like our sort of housey disco blend, yeah. which is, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. And, you know, we've kind of explored a lot of different variations of what disco and house could be through over, uh, throughout the years. And, um, you know, and we, we, we have, we're working on some new stuff right now that I'm incredibly excited about. I can shoot you some demos. Yes. Um, cause I love Manix music, dude. Yeah, uh, dude. is unbelievable. I actually just listened back through the whole album today, but I originally discovered it through perfect energy. Uh, you're trying oh, cool. awesome. Hell yeah. I was like, I remember I was like, who, who is Manix? She was like, <laughs> it's Jordan and Chris, these pop gang record guys. And, I just started listening to you guys' music and 
man, that's, I don't want to say it's my guilty pleasure because it's kind of like my favorite kind of, kind of music. It's exactly. Oh my God. Like that's it. amazing, dude. It's that's streamable. Different. You know, it's like that fine line of like something that's easy to listen to at home, but also works on the dance floors. And, For you know, sure. I was raised on uh, disco. My dad's from Queens, New York and uh saturday night fever and shit right like the bgs yeah. and all that stuff and oh yeah he came to one of my shows jordan a few years ago and i played like a bgs remix that people dance to and he was just astounded you what, know? What, what do you remember what track it was, what uh, it was i think it was you should be dancing yeah nice. and um i just i always i always like keep that close to my heart that like his feeling towards that because i believe like music is, is cyclical in a lot of ways but disco and dance to me just go hand in hand and right yeah. now i believe we're in a, it's a true dance music generation you know what i mean like that's why house yeah. is doing so well because people truly want to fucking dance yeah people are about it <laughs> yeah it's like we don't want to i mean like there's always a time and a place for headbanging obviously i mean i love that shit here and there but like same overall people want to still go out but um they're looking to dance and not rage so hard so it's like i don't know it's it's really exciting for me as a dj who's been trying to play that type of music for so long and now it's like people really want it yeah definitely no it's really good i mean and and dance music really is timeless it's forever you know so true so true the manix project though congrats to you guys on the journey you've had i mean you've had some serious serious (laughs) serious success who know that was a tongue twister (laughs) but uh i mean you guys have had tracks on dim mag nervous records oh my god it's techno you've been supported by odessa poolside gold room claptone like you know, very impressive resume. Um, and your track, Get With This. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, we got to show you guys this one before we talk about it because this is a pretty wild track. This one's called Get With This by Mannix. Get With This. like Wolfgang Gardner, Tommy Trash, like 2013, when was it? 2013, I think it came out. Yeah, it's crazy because that is kind of our only song that sounds like that. And it's been our- <laughs> I had to ask because I was like a little confused because it- It's been our, it's been, really it's well. been our most licensed track. Of, you know, I mean, we have, you know, our tracks get licensed, but um, yeah, that one was like, Extreme Sports got a hold of it, and like even if if you go to you know if you go to YouTube and Google Get with this, all you see is just dirt bike videos. <laughs> <laughs> like literally all of it. But I mean, it's it's tight. I'm I'm, I'm down. It's tight. I'm not, I'm not about it. Yeah. I I look because I was looking at your music, and sometimes you know like Beatport or Spotify will like tag the wrong artist or something, and I'm like, there's only one Manix, and I'm like, I go to your guys' SoundCloud, I'm like, this is them. Holy shit! Like this song is wild. It's such uh yeah, it's a it's an absolute banger. We rarely play it out. Sometimes we'll do it live, depending yeah. on the video. Um, but uh, and we have like a whole uh, like a little whole whole little thing to go with that. But yeah, but yeah, we've kind of like 
we're not like super playing that track out anymore. <laughs> I would say it's 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 probably North Pole South Pole compared to some of the recent stuff. But right, absolutely, definitely yeah. deserves some recognition for how well it's done. I mean, I think it's a pretty sick track, just for the record. Thank you. <laughs> absolutely. So I, you mentioned your guys' uh, album, uh, Pastel Palace. Uh, really, really impressive eight-track masterpiece in my mind. Um, my question, other than, you know, how did you guys actually come up with the inspiration, but in a world where we're living in EPs and singles and you don't see albums anymore, what was the inspiration to put this whole thing together rather than spreading it all out? So we had been wanting to do an album for a while. We've dropped lots of singles and EPs over the year, but this was, you know, we were like, okay, we're sitting on all this material. We've been writing all through 2020. Yeah. You know, and we were like, there's a lot of stuff in here that, you know, even just like songs that we didn't really, you know, um, think it would be like singles like you know like the last song of the album sound of your memory mm -hmm. is much more of like kind of like this like dark drumless r&b track where you know it wouldn't totally be able to be sent out as a single right. but within you know everything else that's like on the album it you know it all fits yeah and there was you know a little, a little bit of like a little rock moment um mm -hmm. with some of the tracks and then, you know, of course, with Mind Control, like a, you know, disco banger. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, we just been sitting on all this material and we were like, okay, we could, you know, release a couple singles first and then, um, you know, might as well just put this, this whole thing out because, mm -hmm. you know, why not? Yeah. Instead of just absolutely. sitting on these tracks forever. <laughs> yeah, no, I know that feeling when you just stacked up and I think that you couldn't give a better answer and maybe there is no right answer to that question, but. As an artist, I feel like it's not about how well this can be marketed or how many records it's going to sell or how many streams I get. It's like, what's the impact that the this music that I created is making on me? I want to put that out there so that my fans know this has meaning to me. It's eight tracks that we've been working on. We're going to put it together. Sure, maybe we could have done another way, but you know, it's, it's about making an impact, not just on others, but most importantly, yourself. Yeah, and that was kind of like the good thing about, you know, everything about that album is it, it came together very organically from the way the tracks were recreated to yeah. us putting it out kind of like we were, you know, not really totally sure what would happen with it, but we're really stoked on how it's doing. Yeah, it's awesome. Good for you, man. What's Could you pick your favorite track from that album or is it too hard of a question? Man, um, I guess the one that I play out the most is Mind Control. Mm -hmm. I know you guys are gonna love this one. It's called Mind Control by Manix. probably the fave it's like you know it's kind of like i feel like it's perfectly describes our sound in one track <clears throat> awesome that's great we're well, I definitely gonna share that one with the people too so they're gonna hear that as well i think that is probably the best track on the album oh yeah thanks man <laughs> it's awesome man but i want to get into baby j so first track you released was in 2021 right or you had some remixes that it came out yeah it, so right? i just i just never released music as baby j pretty much yeah. like everything that you know i would write 
I would just, you know, figure out a way to like turn it into a Mannix track or, mm -hmm. um, you know, some stuff was just kind of like unfinished projects. And, you know, I had been DJing a lot as Baby J and I was starting to feel like I needed to put some Baby J music out there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the first one was 2021 as well as um, there was actually before that I had released a track as under the alias Cyber Rodeo. Yeah. I had released a couple. So I had done um, one in 2019 and then I released another one called Crack That Whip yeah. in 2021. Sick. Sick. Well, let's see if you guys react like I did. This one's called Crack That Whip by Baby J with Cyber Rodeo. like creativity at its finest <laughs> it's like dude it's a it's a wild ride for sure it's a it's it got rave breakbeat tech house rock and roll underground but commercial i mean how the fuck do you even achieve levels of that and then it like, ends with classical yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> to me and we'll talk more about pop gang and i want i want to hear it obviously from your words but to me pop gang is just like a label that lets people just be creative including yourself obviously i mean it sounds like it's a platform that you wanted to give not only to other artists but for yourself yeah no and that's kind of the cool thing about popping i love that you kind of pick up on that is that it is like um you know obviously it, it is primarily electronic music but yeah at its core it is a group of um like-minded people rather than a genre specific label yeah i love that so it's kind of, uh, you know, we, we, we find all the other freaks and weirdos that we can. And uh, <laughs> I'm right here with you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. If you're, if you're freaky and weird, send us your demos. Uh, but yeah, no, it's cool. It's been like a really dope journey. Everybody that we get to work with, all the new artists that we, you know, come across and play our parties or release with us or, you know, it's, it's always exciting. It's yeah. always fun. So cool what you're doing man and to me again it's more than a label but yeah that that crack that whip track is fucking nuts i mean I don't know <laughs> what else to say dude that's immediate add to the usb but that one deserves some acknowledgement for sure yeah. <laughs> um so we we've mentioned honey love and mary droppins a few times and you collaborated yeah. with them on touch with honey love and crypto yes. with mary mm -hmm. um two tracks again that i basically flipped out when i heard them for the first time i mean oh, yeah. just in terms of like this is a, this is a fucking different this is a sound especially crypto queen <laughs> i mean that is a, that is a wild track dude i got sweaty when i listened to that shit I that. it's like <laughs> i don't know you you guys brought emotions out of me but they're both very talented females and i just 
would oh, love to that. see that. And yeah. I would love to see them having success. And they're newer artists in the scene. You know, they both started releasing music in 2021 with the help of you, my man. I know you know that. But right. um, Honey's first track was free on Pop Gang. Yeah. And Mary really got, in my opinion, her big break with Crypto Queen on Pop Gang. So shout out to you for helping empower them. And they brought something out of you too, though, didn't they? No, they definitely, I mean, like the two, both those tracks and those, those kind of came together too is like, it wasn't like this, like, oh, we need to do this and this and this. We, you know, both sessions that I had done with them for those tracks, it was kind of like, we were just like hanging out. We listened to a bunch of music that we like and then, you know, open up Ableton, start, you know, okay. playing around the sounds, you know, throw, throw some drums in there, baseline, you know, it, like it all happened like very, very like organic and just kind of yeah. like, you know, homies hanging out, working on stuff without too much expectation like we kind of knew what we we had the confinements of like okay obviously we got to make some shit that we can dj yeah. but other than that it was like you know it was very free form and flowing and it was cool like you know two completely different you know two completely different sounding tracks obviously yeah. but um you know came together in like a really good like organic way you know yeah. just straight for the love for sure man i i find and out of all the episodes i've interviewed there's one common thing it's when you have the pressure to go into a big studio with a million knobs, obviously you're in an incredible studio, but like that's, that's your place, right? It's where you're comfortable. And I've interviewed singers and DJs and producers and where they are at their best is where they're in a comfortable environment with the people they love. And that's when good music and great music is created. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Being in a comfortable space that you love is super important. Yeah. And that's uh, simple advice out there. I think, we, I, don't, I don't know how you feel about this, but like, I feel like I was raised watching rappers in those big studios with the nice soundproof, like vocals. Right. And I'm like, well, I guess once you get to a certain point, that's what you get to. But dude, like some of the biggest artists in the world still put like a, a blanket over their head to soundproof yeah. it, right? It's like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel here. Like we're just having fun. No, absolutely. Not. And you know what I mean? Another thing is even though, um, you know, we are very big advocates of analog just because we, we're yeah. super old and we love, <laughs> we love gear, but like, I mean, um, you know, there's so much that you can get done just in the box. Like you don't even need, you know, just as simple as just having an interface and a MIDI controller is you can get so much done, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Hudson Mohawk is, you know, creating absolute, you know, masterpieces out of Fruity Loops, no shade on Fruity Loops, but like, from starting in that, like, you know, I, you know, and I was kind of like, people were like, oh, you got to move on to these other DAWs. You need to use Logic, you need to use whatever. And then, um, you know, hearing that, like, you know, it's when I heard that, I, it, it really made me think I was like, I was like, damn, like, you really, it doesn't matter what you're using, you know? Totally. Yeah, you can still create, like, amazing tracks with reason, even. I don't know how much people are still using it, but also a great DAW. <laughs> It does come up and Hudson yeah. Mohawk is a great example of that too. And I couldn't agree more with you. I, I always kind of use the comparison. Like we all have our toolbox and how we build our house is, is may look different. I mean, it still has four walls and a ground floor and, and some stairs if you want, but <clears throat> it's up to you how it looks. And we're all kind of just like building it on our own and there's no right or wrong way to do it. I mean, maybe a little bit, but I think you said it perfectly. Yeah, yeah, there's no wrong way to do it. Absolutely not. Even, you know, or, or just uh, get rid of the computer altogether and just talk to people. 
we gotta, <laughs> give me a close-up on that thing again i gotta see that close-up yeah this thing oh it looks like God. a giant game boy yeah there we go there so we there's go. even this thing has even made it into um manix live shows it's still a wow staple and a special thing yeah because you can use it as a drum machine you can just like at, at a certain point for manix we were you know we would put like eight tones on here so that i would be able to play it as an instrument during um so playing a keyboard with this hand and then playing the sampler as another instrument <laughs> It was, um, we still do some weird stuff like that live. Wow. Um, that is impressive. Yeah. This thing's forever. Yes, it's, uh, it is. I don't even know how much these cost nowadays. You could probably get these for like 150 bucks on eBay. <laughs> that Manix one is going to be very famous in the rock and roll hall of fame or the, you know what? You think there's going to be like an EDM hall of fame? I don't want to say EDM, but you know what I mean? House music. Yeah. Music. I'm sure there will be something like that. There better be. Like a, yeah. It's just like a bunch of laptops and hard drives. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm like fuck, me. fuck me for the first thing I thought of. I'm like, we can't put the marshmallow helmet in there. I'm like, <laughs> already it's a bad idea. That's what it's I thought me. of. Just be a bunch of USBs. <laughs> just a bunch of USBs. In Jesus giant glass cases. Yeah, like Zed's first tractor. Like, I don't want to go to <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. That's my tractor control. <laughs> We'd all just be like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Diplo's first control vinyls. Yeah. Actually, I could see that. Maybe, maybe a track, but yeah, yeah. That, there, there would definitely be like layers of it. Like I'm in Chicago, right? And like they're uh, the warehouse, one of the first, well, really the first house music venue where it kind of was created, where Frankie Knuckles used to play is now like this law office. Um, like in the on in like the southwest loop of Chicago, and um, every time I go past it, and I took my fiance past it one time, and I just I just like stopped. She's like, "What are you looking at?" She's like, "What is that? A law office?" I'm like, "God, don't you smell it?" She's like, "Smell what?" I'm like, "House music, <laughs> history, you know? history, yeah, history, God. yeah." Oh, so man. it's like I I don't know I I kind of get like a little wacky over shit like that when I feel like you can really get a tangible feel on history of music and it's special know. yeah it's special thank you yeah i'm gonna tell maya that too she was like <laughs> I think i'm glad and then i like went all on my high horse i'm like people don't know about this place in our generation you know you said you're old i'm fucking old dude talking about that <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's history though you know it is it is okay thank you for agreeing it. we'll keep we'll keep fine-tuning this idea hopefully this gets yeah. in uh the right yeah. people's inboxes and they're like yeah, yeah we'll, we'll we'll get it started we'll get it going <laughs> okay good <laughs> we'll, we'll open the first one all right good deal jordan um i'm holding you to that though okay i'm down I'm down yeah. to build so next track i want to talk about uh, talk about and and you said this earlier um that you guys with collaborations in particular you guys bring something out of each other syntax error with yes. 35 35 millimeter yes all right, get ready for this one. It's called Syntax Air by Baby J with 35 millimeter.
35 millimeter, unbelievable producer, right? But like he's, he's released he's, on House and Hustle. Like he's so good. So good. Yeah. What did you guys make, dude? Like I literally went, <laughs> bro, by myself for 10 seconds. Like you guys like bring feelings out of me with this track. And I got to tell you this too. I didn't know how to categorize this. Usually I feel like you can kind of put something in at least one box. I sent it to three of my favorite DJs here that play like breakbeat shit, like underground shit. And I was like, how would you define this? And they're like, I don't know. I'm going to have to put this in one of my sets and see how people move before yeah. I can tell you. <laughs> so like, yeah, let us know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how would you describe it? Like, does it have a genre? Is genre, kind of like, a genre? I mean, it's definitely like, I mean, I guess the, the drum rhythm is breaks, you know? Yeah. But it's not even really like, it wasn't set out to be breaks. It was actually, um, it was modeled after the drum beat. Well, uh, breaks is essentially freestyle, you know? Yeah, true. So freestyle. So the drum beat was modeled to mimic a song called Clear by okay. Cybertron. Okay. Which is the song that um, you've probably heard um like missy elliott sampled it for like a really big track it's like just an early electro banger from the 80s it's so amazing um but it but it just has that okay one two one two one two and um but so that was like the drum beat and then um we were also kind of like you know pulling in influences from um you know like techno artists or like a little bit of like rex the dog um, who's, you know, also like a, a huge inspiration, you know, sonically as he's kind of has like this sort of like techno tinged, like boys noise vibe. Yeah. Um, which is like kind of, you know, but rather than just putting that over the four, four, putting it over that kind of like freestyle beat with, you know, from this, um, influence from that Cybertron track, it, you know, it all just kind of like fit. The way that it did. There you go. You just got it. Yeah, yeah, it's it. <laughs> Dude, to me, it's the epitome of a track that you guys clearly had fun with, and that's why I was able to get on that ride with you for that track. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's a super fun track. I, you know, I play it out a lot. Still, um, people, people definitely respond pretty good to it down here. So it's, I mean, it's definitely, you know, uh, late night. You know, it needs to be during a high energy moment of your set, if you're going to throw it in there, but it's definitely, you know, when it's appropriate to throw in, it definitely is really fun to get to play that one. I also would like to drop it when it's not appropriate. That's, that would be a good time too. Yeah, whenever, play it. Um, yeah, you can also play it at, uh, you know, you impress your family with it. At <laughs> <laughs> it would drop jaws, that's for sure. I think that's the goal. <laughs> Impress them with your good taste. <laughs> I'm God, how's, how's the podcast? Who's the most recent guest that came on? Oh, you gotta hear this track, mom, <laughs> grandma. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. You're so funny. Um, also, gotta gotta mention Nerve with yeah. 35 millimeter as well. I mean, this is insane drum and bass. And just real quick, again, I think it's so cool to see drum and bass making a really big movement in the states too, because mm -hmm. it's huge all over the world especially it's, in europe and it's yeah, great absolutely. yeah no it's crazy there's also i mean there's such a huge movement happening with it down here like in la too or even in the bay or like you know like um justin martin throwing down like insane drum and bass sets yeah he's amazing um, 
Yeah. Legend. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> That's good. We've got a guy here. Uh, his name's CLB. Uh, he, you've heard of Space Yacht before, obviously. He, he released course. their first track on Space Yacht called Moving oh. Forward. And um, when I, when he's like, you know, my boy from Chicago, right? And I'm just like, damn, it's so cool to see like a, a big West Coast brand like that, especially SoCal, like Space Yacht being like, yo, fuck it. Our first track on this label is going to be a drum and bass track from this kid from Chicago and this dude from the UK. And that's it. That's all. And that's I just okay. like got fired up over like the whole idea yeah. of it. And it's just cool because um, drum and bass is is very underrated and the technical skills that it, it, it takes, you know, to create. Because it's like, I mean, it's you can't phrase match this shit. You know, it's not like four on the floor. It's I mean, it, do you find it difficult to produce? Is that the right word to put it? I not really I mean I, I guess like it kind of depends on like if anything like regarding that genre I feel like it's it's almost like more difficult to like DJ not because of the drums yes but like also just because of like you know there is like so many different styles of drum and bass and so much <laughs> like I mean I guess I just don't know that much about drum and bass really you know like I mean that yeah and um you know that's kind of like um you know with the with the advent of ableton you can kind of make anything and you know we didn't even really set out to really like make like a drum and bass track we were actually just trying to make something that sort of um like you know sort of like inspired by the sound of uh, this group called atari teenage riot i don't know yeah if you've heard of them. i have they have, like a, they have like a lot of stuff with that breakbeat you know right and which was a very drum and bass thing i guess at its um at its you know at its core mm -hmm. but that was kind of more um you know the influence of that rather than let's like jump on this trend or whatever you know yeah for sure i mean again it's just so cool to see <clears throat> i mean all these tracks that we've talked about man like really different styles of music and it all goes back to pop gang of course but it's just, it's inspiring for me as like someone who's trying to constantly get better production. And I feel like the way that I've done that is by actually through this podcast and listening to everybody's discography, you know, you like, gotta, you gotta send me some tracks, send me some demos, please. I will. I will. Yeah. And it's just like, I find inspiration in the weirdest places, you know, like <laughs> I, 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 you think like three years ago, I'd be like, all right, I want to make like a house track. I'm going to go listen to MK and Sonny Federa or Diplo or something, right? Yeah. And then I just find myself mimicking, right? And then not really becoming creative. And then I hear like a deep progressive track and some of that inspires me to make something on the opposite spectrum, but pulling certain elements from that. And it's weird how inspiration works like that. You know, you can't go looking for it. It kind of has to come to you. Right, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you don't, you don't even really know when it's going to hit. And like, no, you don't. definitely like, you know, that's why it's, it's if, you, if you're at home, you should always have able to know. <laughs> I mean, there's even, there's even so much, like literally like my phone is full of voice memos of like, um, really, really, really bad beatboxing trying to remember like, I'm like, fuck, I have this great idea. I can only just kind of hum what the baseline needs to be. And then, you know, <laughs> horribly beatbox what i want the drums to sound like but or you know or lyrics i mean that's like a lot of like manic songs are made just like out like walking around and like singing and like you know like a a, a melody just like pops into your head and, yeah 
you know, I wish I had something better on my phone that I could kind of create music with, but, but voice memo is like where so much shit starts. Dude, you're not the first person who said that. And it's funny, like one of my friends who's a great producer, he's like, you should listen to my voice memos because the melodies that I'm singing in there, I sound terrible, but it's weird. <laughs> it's weird how ideas just like go like this, like in one ear and out yeah. the other. And in that moment, it's almost like, have you ever woken up from a dream and you're like, wow, I have the greatest idea. And then you go back to sleep and you're like, what the oh my God, I remember. Right, right, right. And then, and then way later in the day, something will sort of trigger yes. a memory from that dream. Yeah. Yeah. That is really weird. But yeah, that's why you just, just got to write everything down if you can or voice memo it. Yeah, true. But you've been, you've been doing this for a long time. I mean, you obviously found your stride clearly. I mean, being able to make so many different types of music and um, what would be like your advice to producers that are either getting into it or maybe at a point like me, I mean, is there a strategy that you take when it comes to finding creativity? Um, I, I guess it's kind of, I guess the best advice that I wish I could have like, you know, given myself early on, like as a younger musician would have yeah. been to, um, just release stuff more, whether it's, you know, in an informal way or not, mm -hmm. just getting stuff out there ASAP, whether yeah. it's going to like a band camp or a SoundCloud, not sitting on stuff for too long. Cause if you sit on your stuff for too long trying to create a masterpiece yeah you're sort of you're almost like stunting your growth as an artist where a big part of growing as an artist is getting um getting feedback seeing how people respond to it that will change the shape of like where you're like realizing what you where you want to be as an artist or where you want your music to go yeah um what you want to make but but just like just building up the courage to just like even if it's if it doesn't feel completely done if it's playable, just like cast it out in the world. I mean, most of like the tracks on the the Manix album, like those songs were like, I mean, you know, we, we love them, but also there was so much of those where we were just like, are these even finished? Like, are these even songs? Like, is this even good? Like, what are we yeah. gonna do with this? And I kind of feel like sometimes that's like a thing that happens with like a lot of tracks, whether it's um, Baby J tracks or Manix, is like, if I sit on it for too long, I, you know, you just start to hate it. So it's better just like, once it's playable, just like smash it out there. Like just put it out, see yeah. how people respond. That's like, I think that's like the best advice. And I think that I'm still need to take that advice too. I'm sitting on, I wish I could show you this. Uh, this is, uh, this is so ridiculous. Um, <laughs> this is literally, this is literally all the tracks that I'm working on right now. This is collabs. This is different versions. Um, what? This is uh, remixes, bootlegs. These are things that have been exported, but these are just WAV files of tracks that I've been working on. It's a lot. I need to put all of this out. It's it keeps going. Yeah. There, there's 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 a pop album in here that I worked on with um, uh, this other producer from Pop Game. His name's Alton Allen, and we're still figuring out what we're going to do with that. It was me and him and Chris made this like indie pop Tame Impala chill wave album together. Oh, so it's, yeah. it'll probably come out as a Mannix and Alton Allen collab when it does, but there's this basically uh, just don't sit on stuff forever or then you'll end up <laughs> like me with a giant Dropbox holder of tracks that no one's ever heard. 
Ladies and gentlemen, he's giving advice and giving advice to himself. That's what we do here on Sherman the Boot, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, that is great advice too. I I had it. I I think especially in the beginning too, before you haven't released music or if you've like released a few songs. I mean, it's it's a little scary, right? Like you're putting yourself out in the world in a way that most people don't, and yeah, it's, it's weird. But you got to put it out there because you already had the confidence to give this a shot and pursue it get feedback from people, positive, negative, take it as you may, and just keep going. That's all you can do. Yeah. Just got to get people to hear it. Yeah. So true. What's your, what's your opinion then? Like, cause I feel like a lot of things that I talk about on the podcast, especially people think I need to be on this label to get this show or, you know, do this remix from this artist if I want to get known, but fact of the matter is most people who do find success kind of build it on their own that's true chris just walked in it's what's uh, up chris okay did he say that's I, true <laughs> no 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 no. wait oh. sorry oh no no chris just walked in he, yeah. he realized that we were doing the interview right now oh i thought he heard what i said and he was like that's true i'm like yeah thank you <laughs> what's that um <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> so, um, sorry, I just had to hand something to Chris. Um, You're fine. So, uh, so we're so let's back that one up. Really yeah. Quick, that question. Yeah. So, I I just feel like you know when you put yourself out there as an artist, especially as someone who's just releasing music, it's a little little nerve wracking, right? Because now everyone's gonna have an opinion on you. It's like putting yourself out in any regard to the world, but. You do just got to do it, take that step and continue yeah. to put yourself out there. But what I was saying is I I used to think you got to be on this label to get this show or do this remix for this. Oh, artist yeah. your own. But if you build it on your own, then I mean, you're going to love it more in my opinion because it's so much more fulfilling, right? Yeah. Early on, it does feel like that. And it's good to have that though because I think it's sure. good to have a goal to work towards. Yeah. And kind of like position yourself towards the things that you're, you know, ultimately trying to achieve as an artist. So I think that's definitely good. But I think it's also like, you know, it's really, really important to just be able to, you know, kind of like in, in the SoundCloud and Bandcamp world where it's like, you know, there's a lot of stuff where, you know, these bigger labels will discover it just from, you know, people who've barely just started releasing music or they might have like one epic track, you know, and, you know, yeah. get discovered through that. So it's totally important to just cast it out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't mean to say that big labels aren't a very important part of the scene because it is something to shoot towards and they certainly. Yeah, no, they absolutely are. Yeah. yeah they, they, and there are a lot of great labels out there that are big, you know? So it's like, but I don't think that they're a necessary part to grow and put yourself out there and, and really find a true fans. Like some people think. Right. No, no, no. It's definitely not. Yeah. No. And there's always like, and the other thing is, um, you know, I mean, with the way that it is nowadays, the way record labels and, and um, you know, contracts and singles work, a lot of people will release on like 10 different labels in one year. Yeah. from you know from big artists to small artists so there's not really like that thing where it's you know in the 70s where it's like all right we're getting signed to warner we're gonna release all four <laughs> albums with them you know we have like this like schedule we have to be the next kiss 
or whatever, you know. Um, yeah. But like, it's absolutely not like that anymore. And that's kind of like something that's cool about the dance genre or, you know, EDM in general um, is that, you know, it's basically, it is, it definitely has this very, very free flowing, um, you know, world to it. That's like, you know, there's, it is like a little bit like the wild, wild west, but like, you know, I, I feel like the community really respects everyone involved, you know? Yeah. So true. So true. And I mean, on that note, pop gang, like it, it has been such a shining example of what the dance music community is all about, which is just openness and acceptance and um, just good music. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, music so cool. and having music and having a good time. <laughs> Straight up, man. I mean, and you guys. Are this- super simple. <laughs> yeah, it's super right. simple. Right. I know right. it's, it's so true. It, like you don't have to, this picture is pretty clear music and good music and putting those two together which ultimately results in a good time and pop kings been around since 2013 um what was the original reason you guys wanted to start a record label pop king has actually been around since uh 2008 before the record label yeah so when i was living in sonora california um that was pop king was the alias that i was using for like um like shows that I was doing up there with like my, my band and like my friends bands and we do parties and stuff and which kind of segued into, you know, DJ stuff. But like, um, at the end of, you know, towards the end of like band world up there was kind of like what I'd mentioned, I had that project Lerv where it was starting to get more and more electronic. And basically, um, so that was like where it started. It was shows, and you know like a little bit of like really 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 like poorly made diy t-shirts um and then it went dormant for a little bit like when i moved it to sf and then i was kind of like getting things figured out and then i wanted to start throwing parties again and then i met chris and then we started throwing pop game parties then in 2013 um we got our llc and we started it as a record label so that was like, um, yeah, and we just kind of wanted to have a place to release our own music and release our friends' music, and um, we, you know, we were we were connected to so many different artists, and like, you know, we saw how hard it was to, or even just to get our own music signed, and maybe that's just because it like wasn't that good at the time. <laughs> we were like really want to get the shit out. It was so like, hard, yeah. You know, yeah, it's super hard. So we were like, okay, whatever. You know, I mean, we can at least like get this stuff out. Um, you know, do you know? Um, learn about it as we go, and you know, I mean, Pop King as a record label and as a brand and as a homie click has been. You know, it's 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 a like forever growing and it's it's a forever learning experience for us. You know. Um, no matter how much we think we've got everything on lock, you know, we're, there's still so much more to be learning. So, um, yeah, man. It's awesome. Um, if it's only like, I feel like it's only just now starting to, or I guess it's kind of like, since, you know, since it's, it's just now it's starting to really, really feel like, um, be, it's finally becoming what we've always wanted to be like just now, like almost, you know, it's, almost 10 years later it's almost nine years and nine years after is it finally becoming like what we thought it would be like and what we wanted it to be like so so finally (laughs) 
Listen, after that's, stick with it for long enough. So that's inspiring on so many levels, man. Like, dude, yeah, no, we're we're super pumped. Like, we couldn't be happier right now with uh, how everything's going with, you know, Cyber Rodeo, the releases, um, every Cyber Rodeo that we throw, also, you know, usually acts as a release party for a track that just came out. Mm-hmm. Um, we even just did a release party for a track that wasn't even coming out on Pop Game. Hell <laughs> yeah. We just did a release party for um, for Life on Planets. Um, Walker and Royce have a new label called uh, Rules Don't Apply. Oh yeah, yeah, so, saw that. So they hit us up and they were like, "Hey, we have this. Uh, we have this. Uh, <laughs> Phil, his track's coming out. It's called, uh, you know, Nomad Life, and it's all cowboy themes. So like, would you guys want to like do the release party? And we were like, Yeah, fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> so, uh, so it wasn't even one of, yeah, it wasn't even one of our tracks, but like the party ended up being like absolutely insane it was um you know i performed the track live with um life on planets i was playing bass and he was singing and playing guitar and oh know, i that, saw that recap today right did that just come yes yeah. yes yeah. Dude, so that looked, the last party yeah that looked lit yeah that was super fun um yeah and the next party oh my god i am so excited if anybody who's watching this is in the LA area on February 25th, we are doing uh, super, it's, it's, so it's kind of, you know, this, it'd be a late night party, um, 12 a.m. to 5 a.m. We have a great secret headliner. I can't really say anything about who it is, but it's going to be fucking sick. Um, wow. And then, you know, along with, uh, you know, sets by myself, Tiger Bite, Arabella Ivy's playing, um, Crux My Heart, another like awesome Los Angeles female DJ. Um, and then of course the secret headliner. So that's, uh, but yeah, so every time we do it, we're, you know, we're kind of aiming to like, you know, give it like a little flavor, like, you know, a secret headliner or a merch drop or something weird and wacky. Yeah. Um, we're really, really trying to find a place that has a mechanical bowl inside of it or a, or a venue that'll let us bring one in. But nobody wants to fuck with that because it's super dangerous and it's like, it's a liability. The mechanical bull thing is a liability. People get hurt on those all the time. Um, So basically you need to have it in like a, you need to have a really professional setup. You can't just like bring it into an after hours. (laughs) (laughs) Next to the bathroom or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's obviously, you know, whenever we do that, we need to make sure that it is safe and we have all the paperwork and, you know, whatever people can sign up safety first um, and pop gang events i love it absolutely always um <laughs> but but yeah that's uh that's what we have coming up for that one um and sorry i, I went off on a tangent there no listen, got, you're making my so job excited. making my job easy with <laughs> that. that's that's awesome and so cool and one of the reasons i i resonate with your guys like just whole brand and impact is something similar to hood politics why i love them and working at the label is you guys are really empowering artists you know it's like so much more than just a label that releases a song and puts out the the flyer and tags them right like you guys have merch that comes along with it parties they become part of the family right like they get that support right away it's not just like you're not a number on the wall and i find that just amazing man like heart is full when I see shit like that, because that's dope, man. I'm really stoked that you recognize on that. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's obvious to me after talking to you about it, right? Like, you guys 
all wear your hearts on your sleeve. You're about the community. You're about making an impact. And that, that sounds like it's something that's easy to do. But listen to what you just said, Jordan, right? It's taken you guys years to get to this point. And now you're really, oh <laughs> now you're really, really at the point. I mean, right. I mean, you're scratching the surface, bro. Like, you know, we're at a, we're at a halfway up to the glacier, but. Totally, totally, totally. No, we have, we have much more that we need to do for sure. Um, now, you know, now you've taken the steps, you've made yeah. mistakes. I don't want to assume you've made mistakes to learn from them when mm-hmm. it comes to all of the things that go along with pop. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just really cool to see you guys having success, man. You guys deserve it. No, thanks, man. And it's like, and honestly, like it's, you know, every day it's like, it's still just as exciting now as it was in 2013, you know, when we were going down to City Hall and taking care of that paperwork, you know? So like, it's like, it's still like every, every day is exciting. You know, I'm excited for, you know, just being able to, you know, release merch every week or, you know, getting to collaborate. We thought like our, you know, we're, we just started scratching the surface with international artists. Um, Woo! And we have, um, yeah, we have like a really awesome banger um, coming out from this Italian artist named Magnum. I listened to the preview. Did you listen to it? Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's fire. That, that dude is nuts. Shout out to Magnum. So, so um, wait, and you do all the, do you do all the cover art then and everything? Yeah, so I do uh, I do all the graphic design for Pop Gang for the most part. There's some stuff that occasionally like Chris will do, but um, most of that like sort of like photocopied like punk flyer, yeah. old school rave flyer stuff. If you've seen that, that's um, that's usually my work. Um, this is like a new shirt that we just released. Yes, I love it. I Kiss the homies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I kiss the homies too. You ever kiss like, your homies? <laughs> I kiss homies. Yeah, come on, bro. Kiss the homies. Yeah, no, it's good. I need a shirt, yeah. dude. And I oh, I remember, dude, I yeah, I definitely need to send you some merch. We have a I ton. I will rock it. Yeah. I will rock it. We're I, constantly dropping new merch almost every other week. Um, sick. So yeah, is it merch so much fun? It's like it, it's the best. It's you know, it's wearable art. So. It is wearable art. I know. I get so on board with artists that do their own merchandise i do my own merchandise too and i think i've i think i've actually maybe sold only five of the 200 shirts that i've thrown out at shows you know like i'll bring in the shows throw them out to the crowd i'll rubber band my card on there though you know you got (laughs) it how to do that yeah you gotta have somewhere where they can find you online yes exactly i'll throw out these hats and like i didn't want to ever cut shortcuts with quality you know it's like i had things that i would legitimately wear and yeah it's been so awesome <clears throat> to have you know big show small shows bring it throw it and people first off it's hilarious to me when they don't even know who i am and i like you know it's like the chicago bulls game i'm like who wants a shirt right so, yeah it doesn't matter when you're in the crowd and somebody's throwing merch out, i get excited no matter I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't even care if it was an artist that i didn't like i would just be like yes give me the shirt <laughs> you know it's awesome and <clears throat> People will message me later that night and say, I loved your show. It's awesome. I can't wait to come to another one. And yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's tough sometimes as a local feeling like you always got to compete with headliners and how do I get to the next level? And the fact is it's a slow burn. It's a slow yeah. burn. And you gotta, you gotta make sure you're appreciating the people along the way that were there for you in the first place and that are just getting on board now. And um, that's why like merch to me is, it's not essential, but I think it's really a, another way to showcase who you are and 
um, a great way to contribute to like the music economy as well. You know, graphic designers and, and people who yeah. create art and stuff too. I'm always trying to do that because you can't do it all on your own. You know, it's very difficult to do that. So I'm always just trying to find ways like who can I get involved in this project that's not just a music producer or a DJ, you know? Right. Yeah. No, definitely building building community through the projects. Yeah. And that's also something that goes along with like, you know, the parties from everyone that's involved in that from, you know, the staff to the to the DJs. Yeah. Dude, the staff. That's like number one rule. That might just because I was raised by a nice family in, you know, rural Indiana, but (laughs) I come early to shows. I introduce myself to the owner. I make sure to ask who the bartender's names are, the front doormen. So many people involved, or, you know, even like in like an after hours circuit, you know, they're like door people, photographers, you know, there's so many people working on all of these things that we, you know, when we're going out, we're kind of like, you know, we're not thinking about that, but you know, people are really putting work in, yeah. you know, for these, for these moments to happen. So many people involved. I think that's something that I've, I've tried to always make sure that those people do feel appreciated, you know, like a VJ, right. The people who do the pyro at festivals, the people who set up the speakers, yeah. like, yeah, so much work. manager. So many I mean, it's, it's it's crazy to me i'm like sometimes i'm like you got a really tough job you've been here like all day but like they love it and they found what they love and like it's 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 smart and it's just like the right thing to do to just appreciate them you know absolutely yeah 100 percent. got to got to make sure to tip your waiter everybody that's what we're trying to say absolutely <laughs> Every time. always tip your waiter Okay, Jordan, so what can you tell us about right now? You mentioned you guys got a big party coming out. You got any more Baby J music? What's next for Pop Gang right now? Um, We just kind of, uh, you know, as it was, you know, we just did the whole month of January, took a month off from doing releases. Uh, We're just now getting started to um, start releasing music again. So Magnum's coming out soon, which you saw. Um, Yes. We have a bunch of... uh, rad tracks we have a new canadian artist or new to us uh sage the cat is um has a really awesome track coming out with us um new track from an artist named pan sessions mm-hmm. um you know new music from manix new music from uh my soul project baby j new music from chris's soul project tiger bite coming this year um you know the, bef- uh, new release from this dude named twonsky who is absolutely dope. Like, I'm so excited for all the music that's coming out this year. Like, it's kind of like, you know, it's gotten to a point where like, we're getting so much good music sent to us now, you know, being able to schedule all of it and like, actually kind of like, you know, now, you know, unfortunately getting to a point where, you know, there's so much that that we kind of do have to say no to, or like kind of like, you know, over the years, the, the, you know, the stakes have kind of gotten higher, but where like, it's now everything that's coming out, there's a lot of music and all of it is good. All of it is like, you know, stuff that we're super hyped on. All of it is stuff that we're DJing. Um, You know, I just, uh, you know, some of the most recent DJ sets that I've done recently, like half the set is new tracks from the label. Oh, isn't that the best? And that's like, you know, the absolute best, you know. Only I just played a set on Saturday and I think I dropped 20 unreleased with politics tracks. 
Let's I'm go. Like, I'm oh like, dude, God. this is just yeah. too cool. You know, like no. nobody has this shit, and it's that's that's my favorite part too. So I know exactly. No, you you guys you guys are killing it. Yeah, I would I would love to hear some of those. Uh, if you if you have like a, I got you. Hey, I'd, I'd be to your in flight or whatever. Um, you got yeah. it, bro. I'll send you some good shit. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, track. <clears throat> tons of music always. Um, doing uh. Let's see the next. Uh, we're do, we're doing some festivals. Uh, we're playing at. Um, let me make sure that I'm saying this right. <laughs> Moonlight Mirage is yeah. the next um, uh, festival that we're doing. It's uh, it's like a it's a it's like a group they they call themselves the Woodpack. Um, out of, um, they're based out of SoCal. So we're doing like a cyber rodeo set over there. And basically, um, you know, sometimes when we bring cyber rodeo outside of our, um, club or like outside of our after hours, what we'll do is we'll go and do, you know, a cyber rodeo mini takeover. And so then that'll be like a set from me, a set from tiger bite yeah. as the cyber rodeo residents. And then we'll have different people pop in and do, B2Bs, you know, surprise guests, stuff like that. Yeah. If we're doing something like a festival or we're, you know, hopping on another person's party to do a takeover. Yeah. Um, so we have that coming up in April. Um, I think, as I mentioned, speaking of hood politics, um, I'm playing with DJ Susan at the W with Big Sue. Baby J and Big Sue. Yo! <laughs> <laughs> For the first time, one night only in Los Angeles. Let's go. That is Secret so Service funny. LBC. Um, <laughs> Baby J and Big Sue. You guys do sound like boxers. The collab y'all didn't know that you needed. Uh, <laughs> I need that back to back though. My God, you guys got to do that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, it's got to happen. So that's that's coming up next. Um, the Cyber Radio that I mentioned on the 25th. And then for Mannix, uh, we just played with Polo and Pan this weekend in San Diego for the Cross Crew. We love those guys. Um, they've been taking super good care of us. And um, and then our next Manix show is on March 25th with Breakbot. Also a huge influence to the Manix sound. So wow. we're really excited to be, you know, starting to like, Manix is kind of finally starting to play with like artists that we really love and look up to and pull influence from even, you know. Yes. So, um so that was, um, so that, so that's all, we're super excited for all of that. Yeah, man. It's, it's great to see, uh, you guys playing on the shows where you can really play your own music, right? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, for the last Mannix DJ set that we did at the Polo and Pan show, um, <clears throat> as I think I mentioned to you a little bit earlier, um, we, uh, so we, we made like a highly curated set with, you know, a bunch of our Manix tracks. We even made like a couple custom edits. And then we also um, wrote and recorded custom arpeggiator loops and drum tones, vocal samples, like little like oohs and ahs that we could kind of finger drum and play to do like, you know, sort of like live remixing um, in the DJ set. So you can, um, so that'll be something, I'm, that was the first time we've ever done that. And, you know, we absolutely have to have four CDJs to do that style of set. Yeah. But, um, you know, for the upcoming Manix DJ sets, you can expect a lot more 
um, you know, sort of like live remixing, like on the fly, basically like trying to maximize what you can possibly do with just the CDJ, you know, Fuck yeah. but still kind of use it like an instrument. So you can, I, I think, uh, especially CDJ 3000s, it's like a lot going on. You know? Oh my God. Yeah. It's nuts. <laughs> Well, there's also the the D, the DJS 1000. If we want to get nerdy and talk about gear for a minute, the, oh, the DJS is sick. I mean, I I think like I am always trying to like max DJS 1000. I'm bringing it back <laughs> one last time. <laughs> it is no, the DJS 1000 is literally a sampler pad. So it's just it's just 16 pads, and um, you know, there's like a lot of stuff that you can do with that with Rekordbox or even just hybrid live, so to speak, right? Totally. Yeah. Right. So that's that's going to be a game changer. I haven't seen those out yet that much, but I think once people have kind of like learned how to use those and gotten familiar with them, once that becomes a staple in clubs, it's going to be nuts. You know what people are going to be able to do with that. So yes, dude. that will be very cool. You guys take real, real, like, I don't want to say pride, but take care and passion in, into your live sets. And, you know, it all goes back to you really being a dance music fan in the first place. I always say fan first, <laughs> fan first, right? Like, absolutely. I got into this because I loved it and I had a great experience live and I wanted to deliver the experiences that I continue to get every time. That's why I love the DJ. It's, it's, it's not about the big stages. It's not about the glitz and glam to me. It's about giving back to what I've received, you know, in the community. Absolutely. And also still, you know, it's so fun still to go to like super small shows. Yes. Super small parties, dive bars, vinyl sets, you know, punk shows, whatever, you know, there's like, it's still like, you know, it's, it's not all about that, like gigantic festival experience. That's you cool. It, that's cool. And it has its pros, but totally, yeah. the place I played on Saturday, you know, it's, it's blind barber. Do you guys have those in LA? Have you heard of that before? Yeah, we do have one in LA. I just went to one and it was so tight. Like it was you get it. Yeah, it was it was so tight. I yeah, I've been definitely so you guys have a blind barber in Chicago. Yeah, and like I, Fulton Market, like very, very cool part of the city. I slammed like I played 10 to 1 30 a.m. And oh hell yeah. It was extended it set. Was great vibe. I was able to play so much music and like to me, like that's probably my favorite type of set because yeah, you know, it, it like I, I'm not catering to the crowd, so to speak, but you know, I do get to have some fun with some vocal remixes and then peaks and valleys of underground shit and then some spinning out into some old school rap and like it's fun. Yeah. I'm able to be challenged as a DJ, but I there's it's a judgment free zone from the fans, you know. Absolutely. And when you do those extended sets, you really get to, you know, go through so many different styles and moods that you love and like you know you kind of like yeah. you know you you have to be you know you're 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 the opener and you're the headliner and yes you know so you need to like you need to play all those roles properly you know you, you gotta pace it out at the beginning you know give it to him super hard in the in the peak of the night and then you yes. know wind it down like it's you know it's like you're you're painting a picture you're telling a story with that set those extended sets are awesome they're awesome. It's, it's what I love the most. Like an hour set to me is like, it's like tough. Like I'd rather play a two or three hour set every time just because I feel yeah. like it's really hard to, I mean, and we're seeing that more a lot now in dance music and house music specifically, yes. like hour and a half minimum, especially at festivals. And I'm so about that. Awesome. Yeah. As a DJ need that as a fan want that, you know, totally. 
Yeah. I don't want anybody to feel rushed in their process. I mean, this is performance art. Let them perform. Yeah, definitely. 90 minute sets are what's up. I really hope that that, that keeps going. Yeah, it will. Well, how long are pop gang sets? Three and a half hours too? Um, it depends. It's always different. I mean, for like, I got a cyber rodeo or like at a, or like at our parties or I guess, well, like it depends, right? I mean, do you guys play like, is it, could, do you guys play an hour and a half, basically whatever artist name that you're under that, that night or is it? Yeah. So I guess like when we do, I guess like on that festival that we have coming up, we're doing like a two hour set, but I think, but what we're planning for that is we're probably going to break it into two sets. So Chris will do a Tiger Bite set. I'll do a Baby J set, but we'll also we're gonna be bringing surprise guests with us, other people from the label. We're gonna, you know, as many anybody that wants to bring a cowboy hat and a USB, that's basically free game. So pull up. Shit, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I mean the last party that we did, um, the one with Life on Planets, like I barely even I only got to DJ for 30 minutes at that party. <laughs> I didn't I didn't even get a whole set because there was so many DJs. There was like yeah. we had this girl, DJ Minimize came through. Um Vanessa ended up playing a DJ set. I just saw, yeah. Um my homie Mike Ill hopped on for a minute. There was, you know, so many people, so many DJs there. It was just kind of like whoever it became this like kind of like <laughs> uns, uns, unspoken communication that we all had on the stage where we were just like okay, whoever's next, we'll just kind of feel it out. And then, you know, once that person's there, you know, we can, you know, vibe out like what's, what's going to happen with the rest of the night. Yep. And it became this whole, um, like <laughs> really, really, really un unexpected, like 12 person B2B. And wow. then by the time I was like supposed to be DJ, I was like, damn, there's, I was like, damn, we're about to close down in here. <laughs> but, like, but it was sick because the volume, you know, the, the energy was up to 11 the entire time. Yep. And it was like, you know, that was still, um, you know, you know, it was super fun to be there, even though I was stressed out and throwing it and running around doing a bunch of other stuff. It was still like, you know, just as fun. Like I felt like a, a party goer at my own party. Yeah. So, said. yeah. Um, Those, uh, the extreme back-to-backs, I call them extreme. Yeah. It's like it's, it's can definitely have like it's stressors because there's always one blacked out DJ and you're like, you got to get off the decks, but, but right. Like someone's too wasted. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. I mean, that happens, but yeah. it's so, so cool because <laughs> everybody's like, all right, I got two tracks max. Like what am I dropping? Right. Like the best of the best. It's like greatest hits all around from every DJ. And it's like, fuck dude, what is going yeah. on at this party? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was kind of the thing that was happening with that was like, people were just coming through with heaters and it wasn't like they were playing like, the absolute heaviest, hardest hitting yeah, track. Yeah, yeah. But it was just like the right tracks at the right time. Like it was, it was beautiful. It was That's so, so fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, as a fan, gosh, I remember uh, first time I went on Holy Ship, I thought it was the coolest fucking thing ever because you get the most random back to backs. And it's kind of like collaborations, right? Like when you go back to back with somebody that's a little different, you bring out something in each other, right? It's like, you kind of go one way and it's like, we're going to go this way. It's like, well, I'm going to rock you back this way. I'm going to rock you back that way. And I just remember being like, as a fan, like I love to see these unique back-to-backs spur of the moment too, you know, not so yeah. like planned out. So it's like, I don't know. And as a DJ, I love doing back-to-backs <clears throat> with people. You need to, uh, you need to, uh, are, you, are you planning on coming out to LA at all this year? I mean, it sounds like I absolutely need to. Yeah. Just, as long as I bring a cowboy hat and a USB, I'll be there. Yeah, I think you absolutely need to. No, if you, <laughs> let me, give me, give me some heads up if you were planning any, you know, Southern California trip. 
love to get you in the mix with one of our parties love to have you awesome man for sure i know i the the friendship base that i've built in southern california through the podcast is like oh my gosh i just have these dreams about being at a party where i like have had everybody on the podcast before and i'm like who do do i talk to who do i talk to here because i want to talk to everybody and that's just like that's why i do it jordan like again i just love talking to people about their passions and house music right and it's like it's fun as hell no this program that you have is really amazing like i love what you're doing i love like the you, you know the selection of people like how do you how do you go about choosing kind of like who you reach out to 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 guest on the party or i mean yeah. on, the, on the programmer good, good just, question um, I have a, I had like a, a long working list that I created uh, in 2020, like during the pandemic, I was like, what do I want to do with the podcast? You know, like I'm not DJing, I have more time. So I'm going to double down on the effort who I have on my creative process, the research process. And I just made a list of a hundred people, uh, big, small. It's a lot. Um, yeah i mean dude you're 197 we've had like 180 people on probably so you know and it kind of just like i discovered people through those people like i discovered you through honey love right like yeah so it's like i it's kind of like warm intros and what's so cool for me is i'll go to somebody's instagram that's usually how i like to reach out obviously and i'll see who they're following and I know that I'm doing something right, if you can say it like that, when they're following 10 people who I've had on the podcast, you know yeah, what I mean? So it's right, like, right, right. I'm just building, I'm just building friendships. That's really all it is. We're all just meeting at the same party. So um, unbeknownst to me, like, especially here in Chicago, there's like a community of producers and DJs and artists and singers and promoters who have been on the podcast that like have connected because of Sherman the Booth and like, like wow i didn't even realize that's what i'm doing but it's like oh, it's definitely, network no, sort of this this alone is is just you know yet another piece of community building and i you know i love it i'm super stoked to see people doing this thank you man but i appreciate that i know every 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 piece of our community is crucial it's so true so true and and that's why i have no plans on stopping because i mean the yeah. more people i meet like yourself dude who are just like you said like-minded individuals um that's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. Us like going into this side by side, hand in hand, throwing parties together, DJing together, producing together. And I've seen that so much more since the pandemic is a real collaboration effort amongst people of all kinds in all different types of music, all different walks of life. Like there's no rules anymore and that's official. So it's yeah. just, it's a fun time to be in our industry right now at our level too. You know, it's like, we still have such an impact to make and we're not even close to where we want to be. Totally. No, there's so much more. <laughs> so, so much, much more. So much more work to do. Yeah, oh so much yeah. more. But it's exciting. It is yeah. really exciting, man. But dude, it has been so much fun talking to you. I, I knew I was going to be a bigger fan of you after we talked because you're just such oh, a cool guy. Oh my God, dude. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. This was like, you know, this is really amazing to get to do this. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Mad love to you and Chris for Pop Gang. I can't wait to hear more Baby J music and I'm yeah. definitely going to be making well, my way up to LA. If you're ever in Chicago, you got to let me know. Great tour guide, great host. Um, humble myself on Midwest Hospitality, so you let me know. All right. <laughs> no, man, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, no, I need, I need to come out there and check it out. I've never been to Chicago, so. We could do, we could definitely do an event, man. You know, I throw a lot of events here. I would love to do a cyber rodeo. That would be dope. If you're trying um, to do a cyber rodeo in Chicago, I'm there. 
We could do All cyber right. rodeo hood politics, man. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. I'll get I'm to ready. Work. I'll get Let to know, man. Let me know. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to that. I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be bugging you in the DMs about that. <laughs> Good, man. Cause I'm going to be bugging you in the DMs too. I'm, I'm a professional guy about that. I like to follow right. that. Let's do it. Yeah. No, that, that would, that would be truly amazing. I mean, that would be like, that would be so full circle and so sick. Fuck yes. Let's make it happen. Let's manifest it. Let's hold Let's each other accountable. It. Okay. Deal. We're doing it. All right. Fuck yes. You heard us people. Let's let them hold us accountable too. For those that have made it all the way through. Thank you for listening. This has been Sherman the Booth with baby J much love. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Great chatting with you. Look at us going all plurt. Kiss the homies. Have a good night, brother. You the man. Bye.